You're listening to the Visibly Fit Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Wendy Pett. And every week, I'll give you holistic, practical solutions for everyday issues related to nutrition, healing, functional fitness, and behavior modifications. As a naturopath, fitness expert, and wellness coach for over 20 years, my goal is to empower you to reach for greater health and to rise up to your next level of living in mind, body, and spirit. You were created with greatness in mind. It's time to own it. Are you with me? Then let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to the Visibly Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Pett. If you're listening to this podcast live time, this is the month of knowing about our heart, right? It's heart Health Awareness Month. And so I have a perfect guest today. So you're going to want to tune in, especially when I ask you this question. Can you do your own heart surgery? Our guest is going to answer that a little bit. And actually, I think a lot he's going to answer this. But it's one of those questions that he has in his book, and it got me thinking, can we do our own heart surgery? And I believe the answer is yes, but I want you to hear from him. His name is Dr. Jonathan Clark, and I'm going to read his bio here. He's a fantastic author. I've already read part of his book, and it's just so captivating. But he went to the University of Missouri-Columbia Medical School as a graduate, and he is passionate for the fascinating mystery that is called human life. As both a family medical practitioner and an ordained minister, yes, he is both. He has witnessed great advances in medical science and increased numbers of miracle healings over the last 30 years. He has seen firsthand incredible medical achievements and supernatural miracles, natural and supernatural solutions, and he's so blessed to have the opportunity to have multiple vantage points. It was the blending of observations that led Dr. Clark to the research and writing of his new book that we're going to talk about today. It's called Holy and Holistic Health. His approachable writing style mixed with humor and tidbits of fascinating information makes this book an easy to understand and practical collection of insights. I have found it really just fun to read, and it is fascinating with all his tidbits. But he has just a beautiful care for people and a diligent student of the Bible and science and medicine. And he just has a natural curiosity about human nature. He was a twice runner up as one of the 417 Magazine's top doctors of the year between, let's see, it was 2015 and 2019. And he has his own family practice called Olive Grove Medical, and that is in Springfield, Missouri. And he's had that practice since 1995. And so family and church also play a huge role in his life, which I love. And Dr. Clark credits them for his inspiration to write and encourage others. And he says, as I reflect on my life, I was raised in a religious Christian household and was a church-going good boy with a good quality of life and was in good physical health. However, in the process of time, I turned away from my religious training and my Christian faith. I did not turn to another belief system. Rather, in trying to cope with my inner struggles and inner pain, I deconstructed into a different path, hoping that maybe then I could breathe internally and possibly find a healthier reality. It was this return to his roots and his faith that rejuvenated Dr. Clark and allowed truly 
human, truly good health to become possible. So we're going to dive into that too, because I think that's fascinating. He goes on and on. He has so much to say in his bio, but he is married. His wife, Krista, is a beautiful support system with him. And they together have kids and grandkids. I don't know how many we're going to find out, but I want to welcome Dr. Jonathan Clark to the Visibly Fit Podcast. We have a lot of fun today, and we're going to learn a lot, and we're going to find out, can you do your own heart surgery? Because after all, Proverbs 17.22 says, a joyful heart is good medicine. So welcome to the show, Dr. Jonathan Clark. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) So glad to have you. And I just love your book. It has been so fun reading it. Thank you for having me, Wendy. It was fun writing it. Basically, it's a synthesis of the last 59 years of my life. Yes, I just told you my age. The last 30 years as a doctor, and it was a lot of fun writing it, and it's just a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, you're welcome. What was, we tapped in a little bit in your bio, talking about your upbringing, and I kind of want to go there first before we answer the question, can I do my own heart surgery? Let's talk a little bit about your growing up, because you were brought up in, in a Christian home, you were on the right path, things were looking good, and then all of a sudden, it was like a, the brakes were hit. Let's talk a little bit about what happened there and then how it got you into the place where you are today with your faith and obviously writing books that deliver incredible medical information, but also as a minister from your spiritual walk as well. I was raised in Southwest Missouri, Springfield. A lot of folks know Branson, the Branson area. And it's a big, it's one of the buckles of the Bible belt and a lot of just good Christian people here. My parents were good Christian people. They raised this, me and my two brothers, this church going guys, we were there all the time. And uh, and it was good, but I began to run into some issues internally. Part of it was doctrinal, part of it was just my own struggles. And as I mentioned in the book, I turned away from that. I thought, I'll try some other things and immediately ran into walls that were really bad, just not good. <laughs> and that's an understatement. And I thought, it's this is not working. So I saw, I'll tell you what, I saw some people in particular, my youth pastor, who was my brother, and something had happened to him. He grew up in the same environment, but he had changed and he was at peace and life was good. And so in a long story short, I went to him and started. he started working with me as a discipler, a Yoda in Star Wars speak, Hamish Abernathy and the other speak. And he basically, I just started hanging out with him, getting back in church, had a lot of questions, a lot of doctrinal questions, end times questions eternity questions, heaven and hell questions, which I think a lot of people struggle with. For sure. And over time, the peace and the reality that he had with Jesus came into me. And it was a reality that was now stable. It was not an up and down peace. It was a lat- It was the peace that surpasses all understanding that doesn't make any sense. And I had it and it's been there the last 40, 43 years now. It's been there. So that's in a nutshell, that's, that's what happened. I love that. And in your book, you talked about just kind of that feeling of not being able to breathe. And throughout your book, and we want to talk about this because this was during the pandemic that you were actually talking a little bit about just insights about breath and the COVID-19 disease or virus and just everything that was connecting with you at that point. And I think it's so insightful as you write it out and you experienced it yourself and reflecting back to not being able to breathe and how, anyway, I'm going to let you continue on here, but I think that's what a lot of people might be feeling as well. I can't breathe. And let's dive into that for a moment, because I think there's a 
an issue with people not being able to breathe, whether it's stress related or just their own internal self-talk and things that they're needing to get through and not getting on the right path. But let's talk about how you felt when you couldn't breathe and then how you feel now, obviously, and why. In a nutshell, man is a spirit. When I came back to the Lord, my pastor used to say, man is a spirit, he has a soul, and he lives in a body which always intrigued me. And then I go to the Bible and read it and it's there at least two different places. It lays that out. And my early years when I was having trouble breathing, it was an internal, I'm dying on the inside. My my lungs are working just fine, but my soul and my spirit are not breathing. They're choking. Yeah. I couldn't take it. And then when I came back a few years later, then the Lord got brought peace and that was fine. I think it was genius of the Lord to have us go ahead and write the book during the pandemic, especially mm-hmm. in the latter year or two of the pandemic. We had some experience with that, with the COVID-19, no matter what you think about it, and I don't want to open all the can of worms there. Yeah, there's a lot of problems. But no matter what you think about it, people here in Springfield, people were dying of it. Yeah. Had friends that were dying, Christian friends that were dying. And it was it was interesting that COVID-19, that one of the primary symptoms of seriousness was the lungs. You might lose your smell and taste, but that's not dangerous. But it was hitting the lungs and your off a lot of your typical treatments for lung problems were not working. And so it became Okay, that's a, that's physical. That's very physical. The virus is doing that. Yeah, to truly have holistic lung breathing, you have to have the physical lungs working. You, you shouldn't smoke. You shouldn't abuse yourself. The lungs really are not made for any chemical. And I'll go out on a limb here. A lot of my patients that quit smoking, I'm like, yay, but they're starting to vape. And I'm like, yeah, no. the lungs are not designed for any chemicals like that. They're designed for fresh air. And so you want your physical lungs working well, but you got to have your soul breath. You got to have your spirit breath working well. And of course, I'm a faith-based Christian-based doctor. So that's what healed me. And I've seen that heal many people over the last 30 years of being a doctor, 43 years of actually walking with Jesus in a peace a peace relationship. So many people that are dealing with anxiety kind of issues and not being able to breathe. And there's just so much more there. It's so much more spiritual than sometimes physical. It's a real thing, anxiety. I get that. But there's that connection that a lot of people are not connecting it with. And so when you're working with your patients, first of all, I love that you pray over your patients and with your patients. That's awesome. Like that just gets me giddy and makes me want to say, okay, if I need a doctor, I'm going to go to Springfield, Missouri, because that doesn't happen very often. And so way to go, just putting your faith in the one who's the ultimate position. But with that said, how much have you seen in your practice that like the anxiety and the shortness of breath and that kind of thing, even if it's long-term COVID, or even if it's not COVID related, How much have you seen that it has been, that the Holy Spirit has been able to heal because of just them understanding and receiving and accepting the power of God's healing? First of all, you don't have to come to Springfield, Missouri to see me. We offer telehealth visits all over the United States. So anybody can have a visit, consult visit anytime. Yes. Yeah. Before when I was talking about breath, I didn't mention the A word, anxiety, But I think had I have gone to doctors in 1980, I think that's what they would have said. That would have been the slot that they would have put it in. Mental health wasn't as big of a, it wasn't as big of a thing in the late 70s and early 80s as it is now. It's very visible now. 
But yes, anxiety slash stress slash mental health problems. A lot of times, those are the type of phrases that I will hear when people come in. I can't catch my breath and I'm listening to their lungs with my scope and their lungs are fine, but I can't breathe. I'm dying. I'm choking. Obviously, and they might be breathing fast. They might be breathing rapidly, but often they're not. But there's a look of fear and anxiety and in their eye. And that's very much similar to the things that I was experiencing 43 years ago. But yeah, the prayer, what's neat, and I've seen this multiple times, stories I could, if we had time to tell stories, I'd tell a lot of stories. But I've seen um, both in the office and outside the office, and obviously at church as an assistant pastor, I've seen people that had similar symptoms, variations of similar symptoms, and we would do all the tests. We couldn't find any long, obvious longer heart issues. And they would begin to delve into the spirit and soul aspects of their life and turn to the Lord and then see the anxiety go away. When I was in med school in 1990 at Mizzou doing my psychiatry rotation, it was very eye-opening and interesting to learn about all the different diagnoses. And then to think back, okay, 10 years ago, I had a lot of those symptoms. Had I have gone to a provider, I probably would have been labeled with that and that. And the great thing is, it's been 10 years and I haven't had those in 10 years. So whatever biochemical reactions, physiology they were causing, they'd been gone for 10 years. And you've probably heard the phrase, I think it's, if it's not in the Bible, it should be, a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. I'd been free for 10 years. And I thought, okay, yeah, <laughs> let's do this thing. And I've seen many people, friends, patients be able to overcome anxiety and get free from anxiety and other mental health issues as well. Would you agree on some level, I guess on a spiritual level, that sometimes it's just a, deci a decision to be free and to not be in that, that state? I know it is physical, but would you say, I know this could be a big conversation here, but what is your take on that? To answer your question, the Sunday school answer is yes. The more tactful way that I have to come at that is if this could be more of a decision and you do the tests and you, you see, okay, there's nothing obviously on the chest X-ray, on the heart test. And then, but what's neat is when people experience a touch from the father, a loving father, and they experience that touch, it it changes their willingness to be able to call it stress or anxiety or fear or the soul spirit things that might cause that rather than just having a, a religious answer and saying, you need to change, you need to pray more, you need to read your Bible more. Those things are all true, but that never worked for me as a kid. People kept telling me that you need to pray more, you need to read your Bible more. And I was trying it and it wasn't working. But when I experienced a touch from the Lord and I felt his presence and his goodness, I would call it at that point, I'll call it anything because I'm getting free from it. And I don't care if I was labeled anxiety or panic attacks or it didn't matter anymore because I'd been touched by God and I touched his goodness it is, <laughs> and it, so it good. literally changed my life. It, yes. It and life. what I'll say is that you went after it too. You went to your brother, which was, he was his pastor or youth pastor. Youth pastor. Yeah. Youth pastor. And so you, you went to him. You didn't just sit and just stew or just say, this is how it's going to be. You were actually seeking the answer, the solution. You were diving in. You were hungry, right? To know. Yeah. 
And a dying man is hungry for whatever, whatever will help. <laughs> and so many people, Dr. Clark, are dying, not physically, but in the sense of how you felt. I guess the word is here is, you know, take that action and go out and seek to find the mentor and the truth to set you free. And yeah, that's good. That was, the, that was just, sorry about that connection there was I finally got hooked into some people of God that this was a reality in their life. Yeah. Nowadays, there's a lot of debate about church. Do you have to go to church? Do you have to be a member of a church? All I know is that it was people, it was the people connection of God that finally was the missing link that yes. made this thing work for me. And it's been working for 43 years. I'm still a member of the same church, serving in church. We go to, my wife and I serve in the nursing home ministry. We love that. We do various things. But that was the missing link with the Word of God, the Bible, the Spirit of God, praying more, and the people of God yeah. uh, in a committed local church relationship. That was that changed everything. Yeah, man is not to do this life alone. And that's why, <laughs> because we do, we learn from others and they keep us accountable and on track. I want to dive in on the this the the section of your book that's all about heart. And you talk about the lungs and the blood and you talk about everything. And I love how you just think about the body from a medical doctor mind, and then also from a just a spiritual mind. And it's just fun to be in your head as I'm reading this and get your personality. Maybe scary. Maybe no, it's scary not. Too. It's really fun. It's good. <laughs> but it, it, it is a question. Can we do our own heart surgery? And let's dive into the, to the heart a bit, because everyone knows that heart disease is the biggest killer over cancer or anything that is the number one cause of death. And with that being said, that's a question that makes you scratch your head. Huh, can I do my own heart surgery? What do you mean? Yeah. So let's dive into that a little bit and why you wrote about it and talk a little bit about the heart and how it operates and, and how we can take steps to, to a healthier heart. Since February's Heart Health Month, I'll state the obvious. It's, as you said, it's the number one killer still men and women in the United, despite all the things that have changed. And the usual things still work. Don't smoke, get your blood pressure under control, get your cholesterol under control. Don't be overweight. If you Don't be diabetic, but if you are, get your blood sugars under control. So all of the all of the usual risk factors are still true. You need to exercise. exercise. You need to be active. You need to, <laughs> waiting you need for that to one. A heart, a heart healthy, plant-based diet. Yes, I read that too in your book. I was so excited about that. I didn't even know you were plant-based. I'm like, yes. It's true. Yes. So having said all that, th that focuses primarily on the physical body. And, but man is a spirit, soul, and body. So to set up what you're talking about, Caroline Leaf, neuroscientist yes. from, I believe, Australia. Most people have heard of her. And what I love that she has taken Romans 12 to, and then one of the Proverbs that say, as a man thinks, so is he. That's true spiritually, but she's proven it physically with her functional MRIs that, that they'll have people under the functional MRI and they'll think thoughts and their brain changes. And over time, now that's not just a Caroline Leaf thing. Many neuroscientists, Christian or non-Christian, have proven that how you think literally changes your brain. It'll change your nerve cells. It'll change your nerve connections. So how my soul, my my mind thinks thoughts, and that changes my physical brain. So one day I was out on the trail, my favorite nature trail, and I was jogging and praying and talking and humming and doing what I do. And I'm thinking about this, and the Lord dropped a thought in my spirit. 
He said, if thinking God's thoughts will change your brain in a healthy way, basically a brain treatment, or if you want to be fun with it, call it brain surgery, because your anatomy is changing when you do yeah. that. Yeah. Could it be true that if we experience the emotions of God in our heart, could that change our physical heart? Mind-blowing. Drop the mic. I know, right? <laughs> and, but the thing is, as a medical doctor, is there any proof? Now, now, Caroline Leaf has proof on the brain. I don't know. There's some scientific studies that I've seen that kind of move in that direction. But I thought, you know what? I believe there is some truth to experience. What are the emotions of God? Joy. Fruits of the peace, Spirit. Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. But reg if you if regularly renewing your mind to God's truth changes your brain, I want to regularly renew my heart and my emotions to God's emotions and get whatever heart health benefit, which I know spiritually, and it, that's true. I know that yes, spiritually. Yes. The scientists will challenge me and say, you can't prove that. I say, you're right. I can't. I'll bet my life on it. Mm, I'll, me I'll too. bet a quarter. I'll, I'll bet, bet a quarter that. <laughs> that if someday they can do the studies that they'll prove that mm. that having that, because the Bible talks about hard-heartedness, yeah. and it's talking more in a spiritual ramification. Heart disease is heart hardening of the arteries, blockage of the arteries. And a lot of times the yucky emotions, the toxic emotions like unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness, fear, anger, mm -hmm. worry, those release chemicals. Yes. That affect our hearts and our blood pressure and everything else in our physiology. So I'm going to, I'm going to stake the reality that I can do my own heart treatments for sure by regularly experiencing and experiencing. I don't mean just agreeing with it intellectually, experiencing, getting in the presence of God, spending yes. time in worship is a good catalyst for me to experience those emotions and do that along with my exercise and watching my blood pressure and my diet, not smoking. And, and literally, if we're right, Wendy, and I think we are. I think we are. I'm going to bet on that one with you. People yeah. are literally doing heart surgery or heart treatments anyway. By doing I love that. that. You're really talking my language. And I don't know if you've heard any of my podcasts before or what I talk about. Yeah. But it, okay, good. Because it is all about releasing unhealthy weight when we release unhealthy emotions, because so much is cells hang on to toxins, right? When we are hanging on yes. to unhealthy emotions. And just like you're talking about with the heart, and it is a fascinating thought. I think it's more of getting your patients and mine to understand that it's okay to go there. And I think there's maybe a fear behind having to go there with those emotions because there are big T and small T traumas, right? And we all have them, but it's like, how do we break through and move past them so that we can live our best, healthiest life as God intended? But as far as our heart is concerned, when we are in a state of, of releasing unhealthy emotions. Like, what do you tell your patients to do? What are some steps that you have your patients walk through? And I know you pray over them, which is fantastic. But when they are in an unhealthy condition physically, but you know that there's some emo emotional baggage there, do you have a protocol that you give them on an emotional level? I'm working on balls, but I know what I've done almost routinely forever because man is a spirit, soul, and body. And yeah. then my pastor used to say, now the soul is the mind, the emotions, and the will. Okay, so the mind is the brain, we're working on the brain, the emotions are the heart. And so if they're in my medical office, I have to be a doctor first. 
Sure. So I will we'll look at all those things, check levels and blood pressures and deal with those things accordingly. And but if but I'll ask all my patients if they would like a prayer, and almost every one of them say yes. That is awesome. So in the prayer, I've listened, I've now listened to their needs for 10, 15, 20, 30, 45 minutes, however long it's been. And I think maybe I've heard some of their heart cry mm. beyond just blood pressure and cholesterol. Yes. So in the prayer, we can pray that we can release the spirit and the presence of God in the prayer for them. And then at the end of the prayer, it's amazing to hear their voices change. And if you mm. look, there might be some wetness in their eyes or a tear coming down their face. And it's not John Clark, it's God has touched them. The Holy Spirit has showed up. Amen. And so now then we have a platform. First of all, they've experienced something good. They've hopefully experienced the peace and the presence and the love of God. And then we have a, a place to move from. Again, Sunday School Answers, if if you've got 45 minutes in the office, we may have already burned 43 of those. They say, hey, you can come back. We have small groups. Let's get in a small group. Let's get in church, get in, get around worship music. And now I can say, read my book. Yes. Yeah, that's a tool. That it's great. It's a tool. Now I can say, read my book. Now you touched on something that I was only able to briefly touch on the book. And so mind, brain, thoughts, because a lot of the evangelical church, the Bible Belt Church, they'll talk a lot about the Word of God and renewing your mind, but they're afraid to talk about emotions. Like you can't let emotions lead you. That's true. But the emotions are as dangerous as your brain is. Right. Your brain can lead you over a cliff of good ra rational reasoning that's not with the Lord. So I put those two on a pretty equal footing in the soul, getting good soul health. So good. But there's one other that I've been writing on in my blogs that didn't make it in the book that could experiencing the deep belly visceral emotions that go just beyond the normal emotions. But those that I'm, you can't see it, but I'm grabbing my, is a good Southwest Missouri word. The Bible uses the word bowels or belly, the viscera. And some of those emotions really hit us in the gut. And I didn't have time. The book got published before I could really write more on this, but I believe that the belly, bell, visceral emotions of God, what is that? compassion, healthy travail, healthy mourning, the, these things that they're just, they're deeper beyond just the yeah. joy. I believe those can affect the intestines and the colon. And the mitochondria. Yes. The mitochondria, a fun thing in the Bible, if it says belly womb is a synonym for belly and bowels. So it might affect our digestive health and our reproductive health. Oh my did he actually say that? Yes. Again? Come on. Seriously. <laughs> you are spot on. Yes. I love this conversation. I'm writing about those things currently in my blog, on my website. Those I touched on that briefly in the book, but I didn't have enough time to develop that before the book was published. It's a great book. It's a great read. And you've touched on so much and you have these little tidbits of information. And then you have just, just fascinating things that you've pulled out of a certain word, like the Hebrew word or the Greek. You just break it down and, and spiritual and medical, and it just is really fun to read. So I appreciate you diving in, especially during the pandemic time. And we can still all relate and understand because this is something that has touched us all in so many different ways. And some people are still dealing with some long-term COVID issues. And that's good. Now, this book is called Holy and Holistic Health, and it's called Health Pearls for the Whole Person. And those of you that are listening or watching, you can get that at 
Go ahead, hold that up. Yes, be proud. I love it. Proud Papa. You can get that at Dr. It's JonathanClarkMD.com. Is that correct? JonathanClarkMD.com. And you can also find out, I believe, how you could get some telehealth help if you need it with Dr. Clark. That would be fantastic. And you also have a freebie on intermittent fasting, which we haven't talked about it that, but we have just a few minutes here. And we may have different takes on that, but I want to hear because you actually did some intermittent fasting yourself and had great results. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. And I think our viewers and listeners would too. That really was just my story as I experimented with intermittent fasting about five or six years ago. At my age, my middle and late fifties, just looking for another health tool, such as exercise, diet, healthy sleep, just another health tool. Cold plunges. That's the next, that's what you need. Okay. All right. That's, I have to to look that one up. And so I was a little weird, a little leery of that. So I started doing experimenting on myself and it actually, for me, it worked so much so that I continue to do it as about three or four days a week. Now it's in my routine. I don't even think about it. I did it this morning. I went 16 hours this morning. Now I delve into a lot of the controversies and breakfasts and all that. Sure. And I certainly don't recommend that everybody intermittent fast, but it was just my story because a lot of people were asking about that. And I, so I, I wrote it. That was my first book, but it's available as a free ebook download on that, on the website, as you mentioned. Yes. That's awesome. I love that. And I think we can always learn from other people's stories and everybody is different, which I know you understand that well as a medical doctor. So yeah, you guys grab that and see what you think, but definitely get the holy and holistic health. I know you'll find that to be a fascinating and fun read. Dr. Clark, is there any kind of last words around the heart? as we are wrapping up this podcast. And then I'm going to ask you a little something personal, but I wanted to find okay. out if there's anything else you want to share about the heart. And you, and real quick, you did mention about tears. And I think that connects with the heart. And I don't know if you want to tap into that a little smidgen. Is that a word smidgen? It is now. It is in Missouri. <laughs> it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I did read on that and I thought, yep, that's right. So I want, I think that would be a good thing to touch on because some people are afraid to even cry. Like they don't want people to see them cry or they feel like they are too old to be crying or suck it up. You can, do, but there's something so powerful behind tears. And, and we all have them now that I'm going through menopause in my fifties <laughs> and having hot flashes. My my wife says I've became a crybaby, and I think she's right. I cry at the drop. You cry of on and commercials, yeah. and yeah, I do, and I think <laughs> I cry more than she does now. That's great. But uh, you oftentimes, uh, this is a duh. Oftentimes, our tears are due to something deep that's hurt us. It might be physical pain. It might be peeling onions, but oftentimes it's more emotional. It hurts in relational issues, and if we're able, the key is take it to Jesus. Whatever it is take it to Jesus. Here's the tears and they're real. But if we'll take that to Jesus and let him help us process, it can actually be heart healing, softening our heart from any hard heartedness that we might've got into because of offenses or because of relational hurts, we might've developed a hard heart, spirit, soul, and or body. And if we'll take those to the Lord, he can soften our hearts up and, and, and take not only make it neutral, but make it a positive thing that changes our life forever and gives us direction. I've looked at your story. I've looked at other stories. A lot of folks that truly have an anointing for some area of life or health have been through something. Some, something came along and it disrupted their tranquility. It disrupted their normal life and it caused tears. 
And they took it to Jesus and he healed it. And then he said, this is your calling. This is your destiny. This is what you're going to spend the rest of your life doing. In spiritual terms, whatever you get healed of, you have an anointing to help heal others, whatever yes. you've been healed of. And so we, we have two different sections on tears that we've just scratched the surface on. And we can probably talk forever because I'm enjoying this conversation and your company, but I know that you have to go see some patients. You stepped out of your day to come on this podcast. So thank you for being so gracious. And thank you again for sharing your heart and writing this book and being obedient for doing so, because I know it's going to bless a lot of people. So again, those of you listening and watching, go to jonathanclarkmd.com and get your copy today. I can't stress that enough. We may have to have you on again sometime. How about that? I would love that. Okay. Awesome. I've got right. a lot more to say. Oh, I bet you do because you're a preacher. <laughs> <laughs> Preachers yeah. never uh, have a quiet moment. They always have something to say. So it's good. All right. Well, let's just yeah. do something fun to wrap this up. Give me something personal, something fun about Dr. Clark that maybe people don't know about that might be a little eccentric or unique about you that you like to do as a hobby or that you and your wife like to do. Or tell me a little bit, a little tidbit about Dr. Clark. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of eccentricities. But the one that probably I spend the most time on is when I get home at night and I want to unwind. In a former life, I might have grabbed the chips, but now I'm grabbing olives as a dinner, pre-dinner snack. And I'll pull out my phone and I've got a plane tracker app on my phone and I'll sit and I'll, and I'll turn on the TV, YouTube, LAX live airplanes, and I will watch live airplanes. There's two or three really good channels there. And I just like to love the airplanes coming in and out and I can track it on my phone. It tells me where they're coming from. And I just find that so relaxing. My, my wife, she's not so sure about it. Although I think I'm, I think I'm slowly bringing her around that, Hey, let's turn the news off. Cause that's just yeah. yuck anyway, garbage. Most of the time. Uh -huh. Let's just watch these big, beautiful planes come <laughs> in and out. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. I'm not so sure about that. But hey, if it relaxes you and gets everybody. your parasympathetic nervous system a little more regulated, awesome. Yeah. Whatever it takes. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. I think that's a good tidbit. And uh, maybe you're going to take some flight, a flight school or pilot lessons soon. So who knows? Who knows what you're up to? But God yeah. does. We'll see. Yes. All right. Bless you. And thank you, my friend. And again, go to jonathanclarkmd.com. And thanks so much for being on Visibly Fit. It's been fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah, take care. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. So thank you so much for tuning in. I love spending this time with you. To learn more and get more free resources, just head on over to wendypet.com. And thank you in advance for sharing this episode and this podcast, following and subscribing not only to this podcast, but finding me on social media, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you are, I'm probably there too. Until next week in our next podcast time together, make it a visibly fit day.